the third pick. This is the Rich Eisen Show. The New York Jets select Sam Darnold. Darnold on a keeper. He's going to run right. Lowers his shoulder at the goal line. He's in. Gone away in the days of the lies. Bid a sweet goodbye. Intercepted in the end zone. Team ghosts. Today's guests, ESPN college basketball analyst, Jay Phillips, Washington football team head coach, Ron Rivera, from Disney Plus's The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, actor Wyatt Russell, and now, it's Rich Eisen. Alrighty, everybody, welcome to this edition of The Rich Eisen Show. I am your humble host, sitting here in Los Angeles, California, here the day after the national championship and uh, the latest first day of the NFL draft season. Uh, Chris Brockman, good to see you in your position. Hey, Rich, what's happening, Mike bud? Del Tufo, good to see you in your position. Good to see you, Rich. Good to see you, T.J. Jefferson. What's up, Rich? How are you, sir? My social media grandmaster is sitting right here. And uh, I am right uh, at uh, my, in my appointed chair. Very excited to be here today. Congratulations to Baylor basketball. Um, we are uh, uh, all in awe with of what we saw last night. Um, it was essentially done the first minute that uh, Baylor scored. And um, that's the way it just went. Suddenly it was 9 nothing. then it was 11-1, then it was holy crap. <laughs> yeah, and, um, and, and, and they did everything right. They did everything right. They played the game at, intensely on both ends of the floor. They are just a stupendous basketball team, and they are the first team to win the men's basketball national championship from the state of Texas since the Don Haskins Glory Road Texas Western UTEP minor, however you want to put it, basketball team. It had been since 1966 that a team from the state of Texas, we all know Fi Slamma Jamma came close. Mm-hmm. Never got past NC State and Jim Valvano. <laughs> One of the most incredible uh, runs in college basketball history. And instead, it is uh, Baylor, the first team to win it from the state of Texas. Uh, a team that was struck by COVID right in the middle of the season. And they come out of COVID. Hell. I mean, the the amount of games that they missed, not just because of themselves, but because of the, the, the other teams that they were playing. And then we all know what happened in the state of Texas that couldn't handle a uh, a massive snow and ice storm. Baylor dealt with all of that, came out of their conference as a one seed and pretty much boat raced the competition, including the opponents that came into last night with an opportunity to win it all without losing a single game at all. And they took Gonzaga and placed them over their collective knees and spanked them. Mm. You could not have drawn it up for Baylor any better than the first television timeout with four minutes into the game. They had a 10-point lead. Gonzaga had yet to score from the field. They had one free throw. And Jalen Suggs was nailed to the bench with two fouls and no points. As a matter of fact, How good was Baylor's defense last night? 14 turnovers of Gonzaga. They just absolutely shut down much of their perimeter game. Suggs did wind up with a a nice night uh, from the floor uh, in terms of his, you know, total points. But the final score uh, with Suggs scoring 22, the highest scoring team in all the land uh, got 70 on a garbage three at the very end. And how good was Baylor's defense last night? It led to transition baskets. They just were lightning fast uh, on the floor. They were quicker. And they came out, and we were wondering how Gonzaga was going to come out. We talked about it with Jim. Jim talked about it. We talked about it with Jim. We talked about it with the guy who used to say we talked about it with Jim. (laughs) We talked about it with Jim Nance. And, um, and, it, it sure looked like last night Gonzaga looked like the team that had gassed themselves in a win for the ages, and Baylor looked like the team that was sitting in a rocking chair on that night because they'd already boat raced Houston, 
And they looked like a team that had sat in the rocking chair and it was wondering, why not us? Why is everybody focused on them? I know they haven't lost. Our only loss was to Kansas at Kansas on senior night as we were coming out of our COVID sit-down. That's our only loss of the season. We could have been just as undefeated. This could have been our undefeated season also. They looked like that team that was like, we'll show everybody. And they showed everybody. Congratulations to Scott Drew. I love this kid, Jared Butler. Does he does he does he play basketball just beautifully? His jump shot is gorgeous. His stroke from the free throw line is perfect. He's built like the old, you know, Rick, you know what house? Actually, all of Baylor, everybody on Everyone Baylor on that is. Team, man. Boy, they hit the weight room. They look like they're ready for WrestleMania. Congrats to their strength and conditioning oh, yeah. team. I mean, all of it. All of it. Mea culpa to on behalf of everybody that overlooked this one seed. They were far and away, head and shoulders above everyone else. And Gonzaga had a terrific season. They have a terrific team. They had a run for the ages of their own, and they could easily say, you know, we got gassed on Saturday night, played in overtime, could have even played in a double overtime, and they just couldn't get up for it again. I know yesterday, Chris, you were joking after I said, I'm wondering if they're going to take some time to get their sea legs, get their footing. And um, you said, you mean bet the uh, first half Baylor? And I'm like, I I, I turned into my (laughs) usual NFL employee, unfrozen caveman lawyer. Like, I don't understand what you're talking about. I hope a lot of you did that out there. Did you do it? I did not. Oh, boy. Sadly. Oh, boy. Because even with Gonzaga making a nice run, they made a 9-2 run to close the half to to make it a 10-point game. They even got it down to 9 at one point, and that's when Baylor said, yeah, uh, that's a nice run out of here. I mean, (laughs) take a look at the screen right here, the photograph that we have of, you know, the team hugging it out. I mean, Timmy looks wiped. Yeah, they just look exhausted. Timmy looked wiped out. There was none of the there was none of the the Timmy chest thumping. Yeah, flexing. Flexing, uh, touching the mustache thing. Yeah. Yeah, there was none of that last night. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. None of that. Baylor just hit him in the mouth. And um in the same way that I frequently um uh mention that you know when you're the team that bounces you from the NCAA tournament. You want to see them win it all and you want to see them go on so it makes it seem like, hey, we, we lost the team that yeah, won it all. We lost to the champs. You know, well yeah. we were I was going back and forth with a couple friends of mine watching this game last night uh from Michigan. And my son Coop said it the best this morning when he woke up. Literally one of the first things he said to me before coming to work today, he goes, Dad, I, I don't think Michigan would have beaten Baylor. I'm like, you know what, uh Cooper you're right. Uh, you are. You are. You are. You are. You are, you you are, are correct, mostly, sir. You are correct. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. You are correct. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Baylor would have taken anybody. You, yeah, I think you're right. I, I think Baylor would have taken absolutely anybody if UCLA had somehow won that game. I, I think that they would have. And you mentioned it, Rich. It became, the season out. became about Gonzaga and could they finish the perfect season? But before Baylor had its year kind of shut down for a second, they were the best team in college basketball. They and they re- and they really showed it, you know, during this six game run to the championship. Congrats to them. Yeah. What, a, what a performance! And then you know, much is made also. We, we you know uh, of uh, of what Scott Drew built. I mean, what you can't even term what Scott Drew took over in Baylor in the early aughts oh. as anything. You, even a dumpster fire doesn't even do yeah, that's being it justice. Yeah. Just everybody Google the name Dave Bliss and what was going on at Baylor. And for Scott Drew to say, okay, I'll come from the state of Indiana, go to Texas, and then show up and talking about where we're talking about winning NCAA tournament games. They showed that piece of video of his introductory press conference from 03 up there saying, hey, uh, we're, we're here to win championships. And that was everyone to say, okay, yeah, gotcha. Right. What they were, they were on probation for the rest of the aughts. 2010 they, is when they very, came out of probation, time. right? Yeah. So, again, congratulations to them. That is, uh, they deserve all the kudos that uh, is coming their way, that normally comes your way for winning a national championship. And Jay Billis will be joining us on the program. And I guess for Gonzaga's sake, good for them that they didn't lose by buzzer beater. At least they got blown out, right? That's the way that you'd rather have it. They weren't the better team. They weren't the better team. They got blown out. They weren't even on the – they were not the better team. 
They showed up gassed and a team that can defend and switch and hit the boards and hit you in the mouth and take your missed shot and turn it into two quick points on the other end of the floor, quick three points. That kid Butler again is just terrific. What a night for him. But they got blown out, and that's the end of that, and we'll talk about it with Jay Billis on the program. And Ron Rivera will join us, and Wyatt Russell uh, from the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the man who plays the new Captain America on the Disney Disney Plus series, and there's lots going on in his life. I guess he tapped out of social media because there's some uh, crazy people out there from the Marvel Universe fan base that yeah. – has an issue with what whatever's going on with his character. He is the son of Kurt Russell. And um and so he will be um he will be joining us on this program. So he's played some hockey. I wonder if he got a, a Herb Brooks type speech from his dad at any point in time. So we'll talk about all of that with Wyatt Russell in the third hour of the program. We're off the air uh yesterday and guess what happened? Oh my goodness. Well, guess what happened? <laughs> what 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 happened uh, was to what, use uh, what, what as, happened was as, as Stuart Scott <laughs> used to say. Oh, I said I got it down. Yeah. What 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 had happened was um, <laughs> Sam Donald is no longer a New York Jet, and the Jets trade him away. To the Carolina Panthers, who don't give up their first-round choice, their eighth overall selection. Actually, the only thing they give up in this year's draft at all is a sixth-round pick, and the Jets get a two and a four next year from the Carolina Panthers, who go ahead and pick up Sam Darnold's fifth-year option on the spot worth $18 bucks. So they've got two years of contractual control, on a kid who's 23 years old, just three calendar years removed from his drafting. And three NFL seasons that have led to just one big shrug emoji. Because the Jets did not surround him with talent. The Jets did not surround him with stability. The Jets did not surround him with anything but a whole bunch of shrug emoji they didn't they didn't they didn't draft for him they didn't get a general manager in soon enough to draft for him and put in a plan in place he had nothing but the craziest ass things happened to him first throw of his career on monday night football in detroit pick six six won the game anyway Then, as we all know, he doesn't stay healthy. He has a shoulder. He's got an ankle. He's got mononucleosis throughout his three-plus years. Again, shrug emoji. Because sometimes when Sam was in there and he did have the throw in front of him and he did have actually a weapon at his disposal, sometimes he would find a guy a la Robbie Anderson versus T.J. Jefferson's Dallas Cowboys, perhaps maybe his best win of his career as a Jet at home when they took apart the Cowboys in a year where they were supposed to be playoff bound and, if I'm not mistaken, did wind up making the playoffs. But Wasn't that his first game back from Mono, too? Yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. And... Then we would see times when he has the throw in front of him and he has a weapon in front of him and he throws it right to the opposition. Shrug emoji. Didn't play all that much in college. Got a lot of reps for the Jets. Worth only a two and a four and a six. Shrug emoji. I'll say this. I'll say this. I'm happy for him. He's in a better spot. He's got Matt Rule. He's got Joe Brady. He's got two brilliant, sharp minds. He's got a guy in Matt Rule who he met with when the Jets were kicking the tires on him as a Baylor coach. And they apparently hit it off. My colleague Ian Rappaport saying that the two of them 
had a mutual admiration for each other. Then now they are together at last in the NFL in Carolina where he's got better weapons on the spot than he's had at any point with the Jets. That running back is insanely special. They've got two really good wide receivers. They've got Robbie Anderson for him. Again, they know how that connection's going to work. That division, with all due respect to the defending Super Bowl champs, is wide open long-term. Maybe not for the next couple years, but wide open. And he's got two years of contractual control with the team, which means he's got two years at the helm at the team that does choose eighth overall with an opportunity to protect him and get him another weapon and go to battle. And the coach isn't getting fired and the GM's not getting fired and they're not changing it around. And ESPN, I say this with the utmost of respect, if you got one of his games, don't mic him up (laughs) and don't make him point at the screen. That's all. Don't make him do those two things. And kudos to the Carolina Panthers social media account. Very funny. For And that's why a lot of people thought that this was, you know, in the hopper for a while because they had these things all at the ready. They changed out of New York, you know, indefinitely with him. But the point, instead of it saying out of, you know, indefinitely with mononucleosis, he's now a Carolina Panther. Congratulations to him. I will say this about the Jets. I'll say this number of people that are saying that this is proof that Joe Douglas is not up to the task. You know, I'm nervous. I've given it voice here. You asked me, am I nervous or excited? I said, I'm both. I'm giving voice to Jets fans. We are nervous that it's yet another inflection point at the quarterback position. Yet another one. What do I mean by that? I took the time to look at the last 10 starting quarterbacks for the New York Jets. I did this last night as therapy during the national championship game. Here they are. This is why we're scarred, because we're at another inflection point again. Sam Darnold, Joe Flacco, Luke Falk, and Trevor Simeon each had runs during the mono. Josh McCown, as you know, was there when Sam was there, and they both, you know, moved their hair together in the same spot oh, during a preseason game that got caught moment. on the bench by a camera. Beautiful moment. Bryce Petty, let's not forget about him. Hey, he's a Baylor guy, right? Isn't he is. He must be happy today. Yeah, he probably is. Ryan Fitzpatrick, who got the job because Geno Smith had his jaw rearranged, so let's not forget about Geno, who actually had two years in a row of 16 starts. Michael Vick and then Mark Sanchez, so it's now bookended by... Top 10 drafted USC quarterbacks who everybody thought didn't have enough snaps at the collegiate level to merit their drafting where the Jets took them. Both where the Jets traded up to get them. So we're scarred by the process. And we're nervous that, yes, they're going to screw it up. Where's the trap door going to open up? And the fact that Joe Douglas made this move for just a six this year and a two and four next year is proof that he doesn't know what he's doing, and I'll take the opposite point of view. Sam Darnold was not going to be a Jet this year. You can't let him go through all that last year with all of us pining for Trevor and now pining for Zach and then just say, you get neither. You're going to get the same old guy and bring in a new regime and saddle them with trying to fix him. And if they don't, which is entirely possible, and it's not their fault because it's just a few short weeks into the season, now the new regime is got the same problem as Gase and Bowles. You got to make a clean start, start the clock from beginning with the salary cap. So Darnold's going to go. And if you're already talking to people about Darnold, and they clearly have been, and you know that Sam isn't going to be your guy, and the rest of the league is assuming all that, And you've got to make this maneuver and pick up an $18 million freight on a guy who's been shrug emoji. You get a two and a four next year and a six. That's what the market told Joe Douglas. Sam Donald is worth. You could have waited. Maybe it'll draft night till people panicked. 
and not gotten a two and a four and a six. Get what you can for him. Do a solid by him by getting him out of the conference, getting him to a new spot where there are people who are young and talented and not going anywhere, and make the move. And now make sure Zach Wilson is in bubble wrap and looks both ways before he crosses the street, does not step on any cracks in the sidewalk, underneath any ladders, or have any animals cross his path between now and then, because that would be the most jet thing ever. (laughs) Out of everything. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Jay Billis is next here on the Rich Eisen Show talking about the national championship team. We'll talk about the Washington football team. The current coach of Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ron Rivera, and Wyatt Russell here on this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Do want to tell you right now, though, about the Odyssey putter, Chris? Yes. Rolling a chrome soft oh with the God. Odyssey putter, the white hot putter. Oh, does it get any better? It doesn't. If It's like butter. And guess what? The most sought-after putter insert of all time is back. The most iconic, most played Insert all-time is back, introducing the new White Hot OG line of putters from Odyssey. The White Hot OG is defined by the famous urethane insert that golfers everywhere have come to love. Odyssey, it's even beyond the simple reintroduction. The original White Hot designs have been completely reimagined. The two-ball, the Rossi, the number seven, the rest of the head shape sport modern upgrades and fine surface milling for an ultra-premium look to inspire confidence over the ball. White Hot OG putters feature, again, that most popular insert of all time. Legendary, then iconic now. See the White Hot OG family of putters today at odysseygolf.com. That's odysseygolf.com. Back with Jay Billis in a moment. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL Draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit gametime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Were you a trial lawyer? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I was a commercial litigator. So, so I did, like, did trial ladies work. and gentlemen of the jury, like you did that, you have yeah. opening statement, closing statement. The one case that I had that was somewhat, gained some notoriety was I represented a costume manufacturer against Barney the Purple Dinosaur. <laughs> so the the, the, okay. the group that owned the rights to Barney went around, and they have to do this, called Lions Partnership. They were, they were suing people who were infringing upon the the image and likeness of Barney, and so if you don't you know protect your rights, you can lose them. So sure. it just kind of happens that way. So I was representing a guy named Philip Morris, who owned a Morris Costumes, 
and he described himself as the Colonel Sanders of the costume industry. They sold this thing called Hillary the Hippo, which looked exactly like Barney. <laughs> and it was just being rented for people to do, you know, uh, parties yeah. for their kids and yeah. all that. So we wanted to settle the case right away, but they wouldn't settle it because they wanted to make a they wanted to make an example out of it. Oh, no. So we went to federal court and won. No kidding. Yeah, we won. And uh, and we wound up. Then it went to uh, the the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals. I had to argue about Barney the Purple Dinosaur one step away from the United States Supreme Court. The funniest part, and because the case is over, I can say this now. Yes. Um, I had I had had the costume, the evidence of the trial, I had the costume at home for some reason. Yes. And my wife and her friends used it to have a birthday party for some of our kids. <laughs> For some of the kids in the neighborhood and they had all you know this is back before cell phone pictures and all that sure. shit pictures of all this so i'm like are you what are you doing <laughs> like do you realize this could end the trial right here if if the you know if the other side got a hold of this is that this why it never made it to the supreme court no 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 oh, okay. no we wound up uh it, it, yeah, that that never would have made it period but the fact that it made it to the fourth circuit court of appeals i would have loved it just uh just to hear jay bellis justice renquist i ask you i subpoenaed <laughs> barney to the trial <laughs> <laughs> Honest gets, to God, this gets. Better. I subpoenaed Barney to the trial. The other side said, "You're, you know, Your Honor, um, you know, we can't do that. There are only three of these costumes in existence. It's yes. on the road doing this. The hardship of bringing it in, and the costume is uh, six foot eight inches tall, weighs like two hundred and fifty pounds or whatever." And I stood up. I said, "Your Honor, I'm six eight and I weigh about two forty. I got in here just fine." <laughs> And so the judge ordered the costume and they brought it, they brought it, opened up this big truck and they wouldn't let anybody see it unless somebody was in it. Barney pops out of the back of a truck onto the loading dock. The judge came down, all the, the, the court reporter and every employee of the federal building was there with, uh, to see it. This is a celebrity, right? It was, the, it was the dumbest thing you'd ever seen in your life. <laughs> Fun stuff with Jay Billis back in the day. PeacockTV.com if you want to watch on your desktop. YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show for everything going on in our world. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial from the worldwide leader in sports. Love following you on Twitter and Instagram. And, of course, his commentary on ESPN is second to none. Day after Baylor waxes Gonzaga for the national championship. Jay Billis here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Rich. How are you? That wasn't even a. I mean, they they Baylor had everyone at hello last night, huh? What, what, didn't it remind you of the Super Bowl a little bit? You know, we we talked about the offense of Gonzaga, kind of like we talked about the Chiefs and you know, how explosive they were and beautiful offensive team to watch and and uh, and just like uh, the Chiefs, Gonzaga got bullied by Baylor uh, the way the Buccaneers bullied uh, Kansas City. I mean, it, it was very similar. Uh, and look, I, I think Gonzaga is better than they played, but, uh, but Baylor was just so strong in every facet of the game. They, their defense was great. They forced Gonzaga further out on the floor and made everything extraordinarily difficult. Um, and look, you can cut all you want. If you can't see the cutters, it doesn't matter. And, uh, and they couldn't see anybody and couldn't hang on to the ball. They, they had the ball just taken from them. And uh, and got pounded on the glass. It was just a a, a fabulous performance by Baylor. It sure was, and uh, th- it made me think that anybody that could have snuck through or didn't, you know, that uh, my alma mater or anybody, no, no one was beating Baylor in this tournament. This was their tournament to to have, and and they took it. Jay, for sure. Yeah, I think that's probably. I think that's right. I, I mean, Michigan was compromised without Isaiah Livers. Um, look, I, I don't. I don't believe that Baylor was unbeatable. Uh, just like I didn't think that Gonzaga was unbeatable. But you know, it's funny. We got exactly what we wished for, and that was what we considered to be the two best teams that had separated from the pack all year long. And that was Baylor and Gonzaga. And we thought, you know, we thought that okay, well, Michigan uh, toward the end of the year they joined that top tier, and Illinois had joined that top tier. But no one had displaced either Gonzaga or or Baylor from from that, and then we got what we wanted. And and man, you know, Baylor kind of said, you know, one game, seven game series, whatever. You know, th- we're gonna we're gonna take the trophy home. And I think in a seven game series, after watching that, you know, it, I think a number of people were saying, well, after that hellacious game that Baylor played against UCLA, well, well what 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 were they missing that would have like what did UCLA take away from them that they would have had? against that pressure that they faced. You know, I, I just don't, I don't buy that, that somehow 
you know, their edge was gone and, and UCLA took something out of them. Um, I, I don't believe that. I, I, I would look more, more upon that as an excuse for losing. Hmm. Interesting, Jay, because they did seem to be a step slow. You know, they did seem to like that the Suggs reach in for the second foul, for instance, that sort of stuff. And 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 Timmy did, you know, it, it looked like we had like low energy Timmy last night, certainly in the first five, ten minutes. So you don't you don't you don't buy that Saturday night. Uh, either gave uh, press clippings that Gonzaga believed, or or Baylor. Um, not that there anybody needs extra motivation, but they sat there and watched all of us fawn all over the instant classic while forgetting Baylor even made the game. You don't think that was any factor? Certainly, in the first ten minutes that lingered for much of the forty last night. I really don't. I really don't. I, I you know I, I I made this point the other day. I was probably, we we had talked about this, and somebody had. I, I hark back to when I was a player and we lost in the championship game. And, and afterwards, everybody said, well, you know, we played a really difficult semifinal game. It was one versus two and it came down to the wire and Louisville, you know, had a cakewalk against LSU or something like that. And, and I was going, you know what, we've won a bunch of games when we were tired, when we played, you know, at the ACC tournament, we played three days and three days straight against top, top 10 competition. And nobody ever said we were tired when we won. They only say that when you lose. And uh, so I've never bought that. Uh, I just don't, I, I, I'm not a believer in that. And when you looked at what uh, Gonzaga was trying to accomplish and Baylor took everything away from him, I don't think an extra night's sleep would have made any difference. Jay Bellis here on the Rich Eisen Show. Can you put into perspective for those watching and listening right now, sir, uh, what Scott Drew built and the odds against which he built them, this team? Yeah, I don't think I don't think Baylor fans like remembering this, but uh, uh, you know, 16, 17 years ago, there was a murder, a player on player murder at Baylor. One player murdered another one, and the coach at the time, Dave Bliss, uh, came up with this ridiculous cover up, not only to cover up NCAA violations, but to make it seem like the player murdered was some sort of drug issue, drug deal, or whatever. Uh, it was the most bizarre thing you'd ever seen. And when Scott Drew, who was at Valparaiso at the time and had just taken over for his father as head coach, he wasn't even there for a year, if I remember right, as head coach, um, when he took the job, I think a lot of us, myself included, were like, are you crazy? You know, that's like coming up in a rescue ship alongside the Titanic saying, no, I'll captain this one. I got this. (laughs) Um, It just didn't seem to make any sense. And he's not only built it into a powerhouse, it's a model program. And it's, it's a program that's got a great vibe. You know, anytime you're around it, it's got, it, it, they, they've got a, a wonderful spirit to them. And, uh, uh, you know, they recruit at the highest level. Their players are all good guys, uh, like at Gonzaga and other, other places. Um, so, you know, this isn't a, a you know, a, they're not just on a good run here. This is a, a program that has staying power for the long term. And, they, you know, heck, they could have won it last year if we had a tournament. There were other teams that were right there with them, Gonzaga, Kansas, uh, you know, San Diego State, Dayton, some others, Florida State. But uh, but this year it was them and Gonzaga uh, the whole year. And then, you know, over the last, what would you say, quarter century, 30 years, the Drew family has has quite a stamp on, on this tournament and this sport in March Madness from Homer Drew drawing up the play for Bryce Drew, Valpo, one of the greatest shots in the in the history of the first weekend of the NCAA tournament and upsets that we talk about for years to come. And now here's Scott uh, turning Baylor into national champions after what you just described, first national champion in the state of Texas in men's basketball since the glory road, Don Haskins, 1966 Texas Western team. I mean, this is serious history that they're writing as a family, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it, I think so. Oh, and, and they're becoming, uh, you know, and, and Bryce made the tournament this year at Grand Canyon. He was mm-hmm. at, he had taken the job at uh, at Vanderbilt and gotten beat, you know, gotten fired there after getting beat so much in conference play. But then he turns around, and takes Grand Canyon to the tournament, uh, which is extraordinary. So for for that family to have accomplished all that, and uh, and I think all of them uh, have have had their success individually as well as as together. Uh, it's really a nice story. They're they're really nice people. That that that's the the main thing. I mean, you know, Scott has always got time for other people. He's always putting others first and thinking about their uh, you know their well being and 
you know, anytime you're there to do a game, uh, you know, he's always calling you, Hey, you need anything? And it's like, yeah, that doesn't happen very often. No. Usually we're chasing the head coach around and he's calling you to say, Hey, you need anything? <laughs> That's a pretty good deal. Jay Billis here on the Rich Eisen show. Couple of other items uh, up for bids to use the, uh, the phrase that pays. Um, Hubert Davis named the new head coach uh, at North Carolina, succeeding Roy Williams there. Uh, I know you know Hubert. Uh, I saw your you tweeted out that old Sports Center uh, or old ESPN commercial with you and he back in the day. What do you think of the hire? I think it's fantastic. Um, you know, Hubert is not only a good friend; uh, he's one of the best basketball people I've ever known. And, you know, he played at North Carolina for Dean Smith. He played in the NBA for a dozen years for some of the best coaches uh, that the NBA has had. And then he's been with Roy Williams the last nine years. And certainly you have to think he learned a lot from me on college game day for seven years nice. you know, working alongside me. You know, that, that's got to be part of the equation for his basketball knowledge. No but doubt. He, he's about as nice a person as I've ever met in my life. And, and he, he would put me to shame as a father and a husband and all that. <laughs> And uh, and so I think it's a it's the perfect fit for a, a great program. You know, the, he's the right guy at the right time. I think. And now here we go again. I mean, obviously Mike Woodson in Indiana, Hubert Davis in North Carolina. You know, obviously Patrick Ewing back at Georgetown. My alma mater hiring Jawan Howard. Is this is this the the new wave here? Is to is to find a former player from your from your uh, from your school to to restore or keep something going i mean have we seen something jay what do you think it's certainly it yeah it certainly makes the fans happy uh especially at the beginning and nothing's going to make them happy if you don't win so they, they don't care what family you came out of if you don't win <laughs> uh so that's the that's the baseline for every every coach no matter no matter what the hire but it, it we've seen that as a trend where uh, everybody says family now you know it's not it, it's not you know a, a teammate it's now now it's a brother and uh, so we've got these family, you know, the sort of this family stuff being being uh, talked about a lot and hiring within the family, even though it's funny, Rich, you know, that the head of the family didn't come from the family. You know, the, the head of the family came from somewhere else, usually. Um, but I think it's all great. Like, like Hubert knows the, the place and, and he was talking with us yesterday. I think it was on one of the game day shows we had about, you know, his, his uncle Walter Davis was an All-American for Dean Smith at um, at Carolina. And he said, I've been in love with North Carolina since I was four years old, since I first walked on the campus. And he said, they didn't recruit me. And Dean Smith, uh, I think Dean Smith and Bill Guthridge, I think he said, came into his home and, and they didn't offer him a scholarship. And uh, Hubert said, all I want is an opportunity. You give me an opportunity and I'll make the most of it. And Dean Smith called him back a couple of days later and says, you know what? Yeah, I thought about what you said. It made an impact and I'm going to give you that opportunity. And he was an All-American there. Um, you know, it's really an extraordinary love story uh, between a, a, a player, you know, and then an assistant coach, his family, and, a, and, and his institution. A few more minutes left with Jay Billis here on the Rich Eisen Show. Okay, counselor, uh, it looked like last Wednesday, um, let me get the case right, NCAA v. Alston um, in the Supreme Court of the United States. It sure looked like, you know, the uh, justices ran like a matchup zone on the NCAA lawyers and confused the hell out of them like it was a Syracuse first or second round game, Jay. I mean, it, everything that I read, it made it seem like when uh, uh, an opinion may in this case be issued in May that that change is coming. Can you, can you, you know, put in layman's terms what happened, what you think is happening or what will happen here with the NCAA, Jay? Yeah, well, first, Rich, I think change is coming anyway, irrespective of what the Supreme Court does. But there, there's a case before the Supreme Court now. It's, it's called the Alston case. And the case is really about whether the NCAA can put caps on educational expenses. So it's not just – they can't just say, all right, you get, uh, you get a scholarship and a stipend and that's it. If a school wants to give a, a, an athlete a laptop or something, something like that that goes toward education, right now they can't do that. That would be an NCAA violation. So that, that's what the case is about. It's chipping away at the amateurism principle. Now, what I would tell you is, is trying to read the tea leaves, they would say, or trying to predict what the Supreme Court will do or decide from oral argument is, is 
a fool's errand. It's it's more difficult than trying to pick the you know trying to pick games in the sixty eight team bracket. Um, but longtime observers of the court, you know, not not people that look at sports cases, but but are, are sitting there and going over longtime observers that have covered this forever have said, that, based on my experience, this is not good for the NCAA. This is not a good sign for them. Uh, their arguments were were beaten up pretty hard. And so one of the things that, that happens is, or that can happen, is a justice can have a particular opinion and then stress test that opinion by asking questions that are opposite to what they think. So, so you, you can't always rely on what's asked as a forecast of what's going to happen, but, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's going to be favorable, favorable to the NCAA. And the funny part, Rich, was they asked for this. They're the ones that took this case to the Supreme Court. So if they lose it, yeah. uh, all you have to do is look to Indianapolis saying, why did you do that? You, you actually had some pretty good case law on your side with the O'Bannon case. Uh, why, would you, why would you do that? Um, but they did it. And, uh, look, I, I think they're arguing a house of cards, frankly, but, uh, but they've, they've received deference from the courts over the years, but I think that deference is waning. And, and I think the, uh, the Supreme court oral argument was a, a pretty good sign that that's the case. So then what happens? I mean, does, does the way that we, we, we see business done, uh, change like our players going to get yes. paid or name and likeness image and stuff like that or what what do you got what do you think it's going to come I, up I think they're going to get name image and likeness coming forward um, that this is going to open that up the NCAA should have done it already um, they could solve all of this by just passing less restrictive rules and allowing the players the same economic rights as literally everyone else like as you know as you know Rich uh, non athlete students get more scholarships than than athletes. So, so are we saying they're paid, but yet they're not, they're not restricted in any way as to what they can earn or accept from their school or from anybody else in the free market, whatever. Um, so the idea that, that the schools get together as a cartel and restrict athletes, I don't think is sustainable in the long term. I'm surprised it's lasted this long, frankly. But the NCAA could have made these rules. And what we're seeing is states are passing name, image, and likeness laws right now. And the reason they're doing it is because California did it, Florida did it. And other states are afraid they're going to be left behind and they're going to be uh, out of luck for, for recruiting. And, and that sort of, I think, uh, makes the argument that this is what competition looks like, that when, when, when uh, there's competition for player services, people are willing to pay and they're willing to allow all this stuff. Um, they know what's the most important thing. It's not, it's not who has the best coach, it's who has the best players. Now, coaches are important, but if you don't have players – you know, you can have the greatest coach ever. The greatest coach with bad players loses, and the worst coach with good players wins. Um, you know, you you have to have good players, and uh, and they're worth a lot more than a scholarship. And I think that's becoming pretty clear to everybody. So, put your experience of uh, being a trial lawyer and a uh, college basketball analyst all together, Jay. Uh, if you think uh, the uh, the Supreme Court's going to upset things here, what are they? The 12 seed against the five seed uh, uh, NCAA? Is it a 12-5 matchup? What do you got? An eight nine? Uh, is it I the UMBC sixteen? Yeah, ba- based on how long do they go here? You know, based on the way. I- yeah, based on the way I view view the law, the antitrust law, and mm-hmm. the way the NCAA behaves, and what I heard out of the one-hour oral argument, uh, I think the NCAA loses this case. And I think going forward, they're going to lose a lot more of them. Now, they may not lose every one, but they're not going to win them all either. They used to win them all because the, the courts used to, used to give them an unbelievable amount of deference. But I think they see now, this is a multi-billion dollar business. How can you claim somehow that uh that this is this is amateur um they, they see through it it's it's so obvious and it's the one area where the ncaa has never evolved they, they've never they've never budged an inch on athletes but but man you you tell them hey you can make a billion dollars if you have a playoff even though they they a college football playoff even though they said for years well we can't do it it's impossible here are all the reasons why a uh, billion dollars oh okay we got one the next year uh, you know, it's ludicrous to suggest that we can't do name, image, and likeness. Of course we can. Jay, you're the best. Great run. Great season. Thanks for the calls. Let's do it again very shortly. You take care. Looking forward to it, brother. Thank you. Right back at you. Jay Billis. At Jay Billis. At Real Deal Jay Billis, right? On Twitter and Instagram. I think Clarence Thomas is the 12 seed. Alito's uh, like the Oral Roberts of this thing. 
Nice. I, I think the upsets are coming. Nice. Back in a moment. <laughs> Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial on the program. We will take your phone calls uh, on the show. Um, so, uh, again, Jet fans are wondering if the Jets did the right thing. and um, I think so. I, 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 they can't run it back with Sam Darnold. I've said it over and over yeah. again. I've said it over and over again. And, you know, you could trade the second round, the second overall pick for a ton of stuff and build around Sam, or you could start the clock again. You got one year before you have to, or you have to, you have to figure out whether you're going to give him an $18 million fifth year contract that had to, that move had to be made by this spring. And the Panthers did it because they had the reason to, they've already given up the draft capital for him. And also it's, it's, it's done. It worked. The Jets tried it. It's not Darnold's fault, but it could not be. It was not a tenable situation anymore, in my estimation. Let him go somewhere else and start from scratch. Drew Brees made a Hall of Fame career out of starting from scratch. Let him have the same luck. He deserves it. Marcus May, the New York Jet safety, adding to the, I guess, pot mixing certainly the churning of the stomach of jets fans he tweeted out a head slap emoji mm. yesterday all i will say is this i totally would get it marcus may is drafted in 2017 boy has he been there for a lot of the dysfunction <laughs> he's had his he has had a front row seat all right the coach who you know could have helped him ascend the most. Todd Bowles sent packing. The guy who drafts him sent packing. The coach who he had a front row seat to see how it all got really screwed up runs the organization until they hire a new general manager. I mean, so I totally get it that it's just like, oh, here we go again. But I will just say this to the head slap emoji tweeter is that's what a lot of Jet fans were tweeting out when he got drafted. In the second round of the 2017 draft, where there's Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes sitting out there for the Jets to draft, because Trubisky was already taken off the board. And who do they draft? The Prez, Jamal Adams, which is great. Culture changer. Get your guy, your thumper on the back end of the defense and see how it goes and, and figure out the quarterback situation the next year, which they did with Sam Darnold. But what do they do in the second round of the draft? They draft a guy from the same position. Head slap. <laughs> and what has Marcus May done? A hell of a lot of great stuff. Despite the Prez being there. Despite all this stuff happening. So let's not slap emoji heads or whatever the hell we're doing just yet. 
Let's see how it all plays out. And Zach Wilson, again, had better Netflix and chill. And I know I'm saying that to somebody who goes to a school with a bunch of Mormons. Okay, I get it. No, I'm serious. He better, like, Queen's Gambit, Zach. The Crown's really good. Peacock, you could stream the entire office. Oh, Oeuvre. Right here. If you've never seen The Office, Zach, it's great. Yellowstone. <laughs> Yellowstone There's like, 19,000 I mean, yeah. episodes. So many great shows. Right? WrestleMania. Yeah. WrestleMania. WrestleMania. There's so it's many me. different. Peacock and chill. <laughs> now we're Don't talking. Don't set foot outside. Now we're talking, Rich. Every Jet fan right now, we should go fund me to set Zach up with a whole bunch of dollars and cents on some sort of a DoorDash, Postmates, or whatever. Hook up with a meal plan. He doesn't plan. even have to go anywhere. Let's deliver the food to you. <laughs> Don't leave your house. Don't drive. Oh, no. Don't drive yourself. No, no, Uber no. Eats. Don't, 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 and, don't drive. And, and, and we, we need Uber. to COVID test and drug test every driver that takes Zach anywhere. <laughs> have a better rating. That's the <laughs> nervous part about all this. One dedicated driver. Because, again, yeah. you normally don't trade the guy away until you already have the guy in hand, which is why Josh Rosen didn't get traded away by the Cardinals until Kyler Murray got drafted. It's part of the reason. But I, I, you know, the whole head slapping thing is I know he's your guy. He should be your guy. He's, he was a leader. He did his best. But it wasn't the spot for him anymore. It's a new coaching regime, new quarterback. Get him in the room together. Get a veteran to teach him how to be a pro. And go to work week one and build Zach Wilson up. And you have got a general manager with a ton of picks over the next couple of years, including this draft, to build around him. Go for it. Start from scratch. All Jet fans, once again, will hit the reset button, take a shot of Novocaine to the head, and hope for the best again. 844-204-RICH. Ron Rivera coming up. Hour two.